We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Go ahead. You can ask your question. Go ahead. Go ahead. You just won the Intercontinental Championship with, with the help of your friends. It does not matter. The fact is that I won the Intercontinental Champion. Look at the size of this man. But don't worry about that. You will find out who this is later. Right now, what matters is that Apollo Cruz did exactly what he said he was going to do, and that is win the Intercontinental Championship. I beat Big E in his hometown. I beat Big E in front of all his family, in front of everybody he played high school football with, in front of all of them. And the best thing about it is now, now my ancestors can rejoice. Now my family can dance. I made them proud, and now I am the intercontinental champion. This one, this one is for Nigeria. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. Baby, this one is for Nigeria. You got to love the accent. Dre, we had just watched two nights of WrestleMania. It is great to be here. Shout out to everyone. In case you don't know by now, I am Kel Dansby here with the old man Andreas Hale. It has been a great week of pro wrestling. We dropped shows last Friday and Saturday previewing the events of this weekend. Now they are behind us. And as we start all of these shows off with Dre, I know you are on the spot. You did reviews for Sporting News all weekend, but I'm asking you to put everything together. What is your grade for WrestleMania if you had to give a full out grade, nights one and two together? Um, I'd give it maybe a B plus. This was a there there. Yeah, I'd say maybe a B plus. B B plus. Start, night two started off real shaky. 
Um, but yeah, B or B plus, you put me on the spot. I have to, as we talk about, it, I'll finalize myself, but it's a B or a B plus. Not could quite you, an A. Could you give that in a Nigerian accent? Yes, no, maybe. Or are we gonna I leave that to my Apollo family? Please? We do this for the family. Big E, I beat you. Come on. He said well, my family can dance now. <laughs> it yeah. was a drum match, was, baby. Somebody's on, dancing man. in a drum match. That wasn't a drum match. That was the gong show. We'll get to it, though. <laughs> oh, man. Two nights of WrestleMania. It is great to be here with you. Like I said, we are recording this right after night two. So we're staying up late to make sure you guys got this fire. We're jumping right into it. Let's go with night one. It seems to be that there were pre-shows, but no one knew. Night one was almost rained out. Night two was not, but we did not get any pre-show matches. So jumping right in, the first match, Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship. The first match of two nights of WrestleMania was for the company's most prestigious title. You don't see that every time. No, but you know, they 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 made the smart decision with this to open and Bianca and Sasha to close. Um, and then the right man won. Look, man, Drew McIntyre is bad luck. The man won the title at WrestleMania in front of nobody, and then he got his opportunity, was damn near rained out. I know at a certain <laughs> point, Christ, man, can I can I catch a break here? And I mean, losing to Bobby Lashley, there's nothing wrong with this. It actually keeps uh, the title picture fresh. Because you have, you have tons of people you can match him up with if you want to go that route. I still don't understand why you had to break up the Hurt Business in order to do this. That That's still going to bother me. MVP was still ringside, even, yep. though, even though that match was supposed to keep the Hurt Business out of the match, MVP was still ringside and still caused a distraction that cost Drew McIntyre's his chance to win the title we it was weird um the match itself it was all right it wasn't bad it wasn't great it started off kind of slow kind of picked up but if, if you guys have watched uh bobby lassie and drew mcintyre and impact hell if you watched them last year when they just did this match after wrestlemania last year they've had better matches than this um it but, wasn't bad. Yeah, it was it on it par of what they did last year, I think. I, 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 that final stretch was really nice. But that's my point. Like, this is WrestleMania. That was just a random ass, that whatever pay-per-view that was. Yeah. This should have been, openers should be, like, they had, they didn't have two great openers this year for WrestleMania. And that's kind of what brought it down. They could have had a really hot opener. Um, I'm not saying this match had to be like an out-and-out -out banger, but you remember Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar. That was, that was a banger. Yeah. That's how they opened it up, uh, WrestleMania 35. So this was good. You know, McIntyre doesn't tap. He passes out to the Hurt Lock. Lashley retains. And, you know, fast forward, you look at this show. We started and ended this night of WrestleMania with Black people as champions, which is incredible. Yeah, after Lashley won, we were pretty much guaranteed that scenario, figuring the main event has two Black women. But we'll get there. In a second. Um, I also enjoyed that match. Like I said, I thought the final sequence was cool because you thought Drew was kind of going to break the um, hurt lock, but ends up rolling right back into it and ending up in the center of the ring, which leads to him passing out. I thought that was cool. Um, you mentioned MVP still finding a way to have an impact on his match, even though the match two weeks before it on Raw said that uh, no one would interfere. So it makes no real sense. 
it seems as though I'm not sure what Lashley is without the Hurt business. Why is that? So it's a business of one? I that's, guess so. That's no longer a Hurt business. Why does he have a move called the Hurt Lock if he's no longer the leader of the Hurt business? Unless you bring in two fresh faces to be part of the Hurt business now and like you just kind of rotate members, um, I, I don't understand where they're going with that or they try to put it back together like yo you guys failed me don't fail me again and they're like yo i got you so it, it makes no sense if they're going this direction he could have been just as strong without breaking up the crew yeah that's the only thing i'm gonna have a real problem with and on top of that it feels like a lot of wrestlemania was i mean let's be honest the bills were poor yes for, for much of these matches and that also leads me to believe that I, I don't think Lashley was set to go over until recently. I don't feel like they went into this match thinking Lashley was going to go over because obviously he just won the title, what, four weeks ago? Yep. And it felt like it was a coronation for Drew McIntyre. And they also decided to go with Bianca and Sasha to close the show rather than Drew and Bobby. So I'm wondering, like, when was this decision made and why? Because again, you got rid of the hurt business. You did everything you could to make it seem like Drew was going to have his moment in front of fans, and then you pivoted. And last year has been super protected, right? He didn't get pinned to lose the uh, United States title, U.S. title, yeah, United States okay. title. Um, and he hasn't really lost any matches except to I think Drew. I think the only match that he lost was his one-on-one -on -one match with Drew. Somebody have to correct me if I'm wrong, but he beat everybody else. So yeah. he's. I don't think he lost since last last June after the Drew feud. Yeah, I don't think he lost. So he's been super protected. Maybe somebody told Vince like, "Hey, we got a lot more options with Bobby Lashley than we do Drew McIntyre." Um, I don't know what you do with Drew at this point. I think if there is a draft, he goes to SmackDown because a, a, a few with him and Reigns after Survivor Series they had a banger there could work but i don't know when they do the draft either maybe drew ends up in the money in the bank match who knows but i i feel like the right decision was made lastly just feels right as the champion he's always had that look it shouldn't have never taken this long for him to be the champion in the first damn place no i agree i i think you have to give him a nice little run with it um we can talk about this now i guess we don't have to wait in sequential order but they announced that Backlash is now called WrestleMania Backlash. Yippee. Which was always the case. They were always just running back stuff from WrestleMania. But that makes me think that it's going to be all rematches from WrestleMania. And I wouldn't be shocked to see him and Drew run it back. So you got to give me something different in that match. Um, and a reason. A reason for either Lashley to retain or Drew to win there instead of Mania. So we'll see how that one plays out. Next, we had Natalia versus, or excuse me, Natalia and Tamina winning the tag team turmoil match, which was versus the Riot Squad. Um, man, we had a couple ragged, Mandy Rose, and who else was in there? Those Mandy yeah. and Brooke, Mandy, Naomi and Lana, Naomi and Lana, and then. It was Billy Kay and Carmella. That was, that's ridiculous. It makes no sense when the Iconics are right there. If you want them in a tag team, 
they have now put Peyton Royce in a stupid fucking tag team that made no sense and Billy Kay in a tag team that makes no sense instead of just saying, we messed up, we're putting them back together. It's not hard. The Riot Squad had a nice run through this match, though, and I thought that was cool. WWE is great at that, right? Like, giving a team or a person a great run through a gauntlet match and them never winning the gauntlet match, just losing in the final position. They did the same thing with Knock and then never followed up on it. This match was doomed from the start. This this women's tag team division is an absolute mess. It's terrible. You have, I mean, going back, you know, I suggested that it should have been, if they didn't want to go that route, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez against Shayna and Nia Jax. Because now you have two divisions of just makeshift tag teams. You have the NXT women, and then you have the women on Raw and SmackDown because you don't have one tag team for both shows. Like you, mm. you have one tag team for both shows, one tag team champion. But then you look at the rest of the scene and everybody just has a random tag team partner. The only tag team in this thing was the Riot Squad. There's yeah. the only long tenure tag team. Yet you end up going with Natalia and Tamina winning. And look, man, Natalia has more babyface and heel turns than the big show. <laughs> and she's got she's had so many different tag team partners like she is a really good hand but to have her elevated in this position it did nobody any favors Nia Jackson and Shayna Baszler have done really nothing with the tag team titles uh Reginald wasn't even here which we'll talk about later when we go to the, that match he didn't even show up I don't even, I don't know what they're doing but this match it just it was there. This, they could, this should have been a pre-show match. Yep. You know, honestly, this should have been on Friday. They should have put this match on Friday to decide who was going to wrestle for the tag team titles. But they clearly have no direction for this division. Nia and Shane are just going to hang on these titles because they have nobody else to put them on. And this little tag team turmoil match was like a wet fart. I could have done without it. <laughs> Agreed. It would have been, one, it didn't need 14 minutes. But if it was on the pre-show, fine. Could have gave everyone else a little bit more time. And then it would have worked out way better. Not having a pre-show and putting matches on a pre-show um, really hurt because this one and, again, the women's tag team title match from night two, both could have been pre-show matches. We wouldn't have to talk about them right now. And the overall quality of WrestleMania would have went up um, just by omission of those two matches. Next up, oh, I can't wait. I can't pass without saying Mandy Rose bust her ass on the way to the ring, though. Like a champ. The boy, she took a hell. She took a serious L. Um, people had her in the in the Michael Jackson video. Yeah. Oh, they had her with the lean. They were roasting her. She credit to her. She leaned into it. She played along on Twitter. It was funny, but damn, like it was raining. There's so many circumstances. The rev is long as hell. Somebody had to bust their ass. It's crazy that it was Mandy Rose. Sorry it had to be her, but it was kind of as soon as that. That slip happened. I was like, yeah, this match is fucking doomed. Yeah, it was doomed from there on out. Um, next up, we had Cesaro versus Seth Rollins. I thought maybe this is where, you know, you give them 14 minutes and the women tag team title match or gauntlet. Uh, the 11 minutes should have been flip-flop. Three minutes makes a lot of a difference. But I really like this match between Cesaro and Seth Rollins. The only thing that would take it down a notch is if you watched weekly and knew that the build was built off of something stupid, like just swinging a guy. 
But the match itself was really dope. Cesaro did the no hands helicopter swing, then followed up by the regular swing into the finisher. I thought it was really cool. Cesaro's first singles match at WrestleMania ever. It's one of those, you deserve it, chat moments. So I, I, I like this match. And it really picked back up the pace after it kind of lulled a bit with the Natalia match. Yeah, yeah. Cesaro is, I mean, we always talk about, he's one of the most underutilized but extraordinarily talented people on the roster. And the fact that he's getting a singles match at this WrestleMania after all these years is criminal. But that being said, these two went out there and just, they had a match and Seth made him look like a million bucks. Not even made him. It's not like Cesaro needs it, but it's like Seth went out there and gave him a match. That corkscrew frog splash was incredible. There was also the spot where they emulated the, uh, the RKO spot from the Orton uh, Seth Rollins feud from WrestleMania 31. Yep. And Cesaro used the, the uppercut. I thought that was great. Uh, the, the swing shit is goofy, but the swing is super over. I just didn't need that to be the, the story device of how we got here. These should just be two guys that are just going balls to the wall and just want to be the best in the world. But regardless, really good match. Cesaro gets the win. He's super emotional. He deserves it. Now my question is, what do you do with Cesaro? He is really fucking good. You can't keep stalling him out. You can't. No. The, let's, I'm not saying that Cesaro has to win a belt or be a champion, but there are a lot of heels on SmackDown and Raw, for that matter, even more on Raw. Um, we're looking for who do you put against Roman Reigns to kind of keep his momentum going. Obviously, he'll probably have to take on Edge or Daniel Bryan. We'll talk about that. But I think you keep Cesaro hot. Like, you can put him against someone like fucking Baron Corbin for two months. But keep him winning because I would love for Roman Reigns to take on Cesaro, maybe heading into SummerSlam. Yeah, I mean, that, that could definitely work. He just, just find something for him to do. Yeah, Baron uses- Corbin's always that guy. Baron Corbin is the, you'll beat up on him for two months and then go into the title picture. I think the problem with the Baron Corbin feud is that people would lose interest because, Oh, it did cool off Roman quick. Yeah. It's just, I I want, you know, it did well for big E though. Big E had his feud, right? That was his icy title feud. No, he didn't have an icy title feud with Corbin. They went to Apollo. After Sammy, they went straight to Apollo. Oh, Oh, Sammy and Apollo. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so it's Corbin's the guy that's going to end up cooling you off. So I'd rather not th- them not go that route. They have options. They just got to figure out who it could be. It could be Sami Zayn. It could be I don't know. I don't know. They they have they you have go him J. Him yeah, J. I mean, yeah, you can go with him and Jay. Him in the right hand, like if you want to do it that way, work your way up to the champ. Take out the right hand. There's plenty of things you can do. As for Rollins, he's fine. I. Not worry about him one bit. No, uh, he he did. He's had plenty of WrestleMania moments. So for him to give Cesaro a great match, even though they didn't get a whole lot of time, they didn't really need it. I mean, they needed it if it meant something. But over some swings, I'm good with this. Yeah, no, they they did well with the time given to them. How yeah. about that? And then we have AJ Styles and almost defeating the New Day for the Raw Tag Team Championships. It is what it is. We knew what this was, man. It was cool, like. They made it, I don't know, palatable for what it is. But the the hot takes of, yo, almost is the man. 
you know, put almost in the main event picture. He's ready. Like, yo, chill, slow down. It was the man's first match on TV. Like, chill out. He was just the doorman, the bouncer at Raw Underground. Like, this is kind of a rib to Styles. All this was is so AJ Styles could be a Grand Slam champion, in which he's accomplished that. Um, so I, it did what it's supposed to do. They don't care about tag team divisions. So when AJ and almost do lose, it'll probably be right back to the new day. And AJ will move on to a different feud. He'll move on to either an US title feud or he's a guy where depending on who your champion is, he can go into a title feud again. I don't think we've seen AJ Lashley. I don't know how you get AJ back to being a face, but whatever. They people flip flop all damn time. Yeah. Um. Okay. So the good was watching New Day work heel in this match and taunting AJ and like preventing him from tagging almost in actually was fun. A little confusing because it's like, wait, wait, wait. Are we saying that AJ and almost are the baby faces in this match? <laughs> A little confusing, but I thought the heel work. It's like they knew the assignment and they knew what they needed to do. There's two things I think were at work here. One, yes, AJ being the Grand Slam champion. But I think there was something bigger here. I think Vince looks at Omos and was like, I need to have a giant moment. So they took the titles off of the Hurt Business to get to this so we can have Omos debut. And I think that's really what it was all about. Uh, as much as, you know, AJ Styles, Grand Slam champion, yeah, that's cool. But I really think it was just the whole Omos thing that is the reason why we had this match. Vince wants something big and special and he loves his Giants and almost had not debuted yet. And this feels like something that they didn't have anything for AJ to do. And they found something for almost to do in the new day. It's like, well, you guys could take the loss because it doesn't really matter. You're like one of the best tag teams we've ever had. So who cares if you guys lose, play the heels, get this guy over. And that's it. If you listen to the show for six years, you know how I feel about Giants in the WWE. They, they booked them way too strong, too early. And then it's inevitable. The moment that if somebody figures out how to beat almost, it's over. Because yeah. he no-sold everything. And it, you remember, they did the same thing with Braun Strowman, but they handled it right because he had a bunch of squash matches early. But you put almost in there with squashing the New Day? Because that's what he did. He squashed the New Day. Oh, yeah. Once he got the tag, it was over. There's nowhere to go from here. Like, it's it's great. And people are going to be like, ah, yeah, I mean, people saying put the title on. Like, what are you talking about? Like, come on, man. Relax. Relax. He's, he's he's just a big dude. We haven't seen him take a bump or work a match. Like, this this was just him being big and doing shit. But it was fun for what it was. And the New Day will be perfectly fine. And we'll see how they show up. I don't know what you do with almost after this. But I'm not even going to say they'll figure it out. They'll probably fuck it up. But we'll see. Oh, of course. Come on, man. They gave us a fun mania card. I do not expect them to build anything between now and SummerSlam. <laughs> like they won't build anything correctly. So it was a good moment. And then we'll just wait and see how they fuck it up going forward. And then you mentioned the next name on the list, Braun Strowman steel cage match against Shane McMahon was shocking to me that it was only 11 minutes, 1125. I expected this match to be a lot longer I thought Shane was going to have a much higher spot jumping off of something. He jumped off the top of the cage. It was whatever. 
and then Braun Strowman reached through the cage, which is something I predicted on our prediction show. Um, I thought he'd send, you know, himself tumbling through the cage with Shane and Shane would win. But no, they let Braun pull him through. Braun beat Shane. I don't know what this does for Braun Strowman. Mainly because he exited this as a baby face. So, honestly, do you do babyface Strowman versus Lashley? Because you say it, Strowman is the new big show. Yes. Lashley won the belt. Do you do babyface Strowman versus Lashley to show his strength? Yes. Um, so <laughs> Yes. <laughs> that's exactly what you do. Two things here. Again, this match was all about chain falling off of something. That's that's a spot. That's a spot, and it's old, and it's tired, and it needs to stop. Yep. He built this angle off of him calling Braun stupid, which was bad enough. But we all knew, as soon as Shane was put in this match, everybody said, well, what's he jumping off of? What's he falling off of? Yep. And that's it. That's and, and it's not like, look, man, we know what it is. There's nothing any different about a Shane McMahon match now than it was 10 years ago. 15 years ago, it's it's old. I'm over it. This match didn't need to happen. They wanted to get a highlight. You know, Braun reaching through the cage was actually kind of a cool spot, but this was a nothing-ass match. The biggest issue with Shane McMahon is that I don't understand how he's a, like a part-time wrestler, but everybody he wrestles at WrestleMania, he gets in an incredible amount of offense. It's absurd how much offense he gets in when he wrestles somebody at WrestleMania. Remember the AJ Styles match? That was ridiculous. There's yeah. no way Shane McMahon should have gotten that much offense. You remember? Let's see. There's Shane. I mean, AJ. There was Miz. Taker. There's, there's Taker. And now this. And I know it was a short match, but the fact remains, like, you're, you're a part-timer. When you, like, he won the best in the world thing. Like, come on, man. Stop. Stop. Peter Pan, the Peter Pan dream needs to stop. He's had his, his time. I'm over it. And he brings nothing to WrestleMania. Nothing. Yeah, it was thrown together. I, I don't know what Strowman would have done otherwise. So if Nothing, which is what I would have preferred. Yeah, I mean, if you had to shoehorn Shane in, it's like the year he fought AJ Styles, I thought it was a waste for AJ Styles. It was. And, and the funny thing is, that match was better than it had any business being, again, in a vacuum. But then when you go, well, Shane got in offense, you're like, what? Against AJ Styles? Like, why? Heavy offense. A lot of punches. Yeah, like, terrible punches. But here we go again. See, you know, Braun Strowman, who they've, they've heated up. He is the big show. They heat him up, they cool him off. They heat him up, they cool off. They, they finally gave him the title last year and he just lost the shit. And here he disappears for a while. He comes back. He looked amazing. Like, he looked yeah. just super jacked. But – this is a Bobby Lashley's got to go over on this guy. Like, there's nothing else to do with Braun Strowman. It's not like he's a tremendous promo. There's really nothing else for him to do. Lashley getting him in the hurt lock as champion will look good for Lashley. Yeah, I agree. I think that's that's the direction we go from there. And then we go to the co-main event, Bad Bunny and Damian Priest versus John Morrison in the Miz tag team match. I mean, I'll let you talk through it first, but. Shit, this was sports entertaining. I hey, I said I wanted to be sports entertained. People groaned, but I was like, yo, Bad Bunny is just a really big pro wrestling fan. And then he went out and did this. This was 
incredible. Because <laughs> not only was I sports entertained, but Bad Bunny was out here putting in work, right? Like he didn't put in work, tag himself out, disappear for a long time, and then just come back and pick up the pen. No, 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 no. He was grappling with Miz. He Tope Suicida, a Bunny Destroyer. My man did a flying head scissors, a dive to the outside. Like Damian Priest looked like the celebrity who was waiting for the quick tag. Bad Bunny <laughs> did most of the work. 90% of it. <laughs> he had the big entrance. Like, listen, man, he is the best non-athlete to compete in the WWE. And I have to say non-athlete because there's Ronda Rousey. Like, but non-athlete that came in as a celebrity to have a match. I know people say Stephen Amell. No, man. It's it's Bad Bunny. This shit was incredibly fun. Yeah, and much credit for the Miz and Morrison too, just for being here to catch him. Like Bad Bunny just jumping off shit and they're catching him. <laughs> this was fun. This is fun. That destroyer spot on on uh, Morrison. <laughs> I pop. That shit was great. This was great. This is sports entertainment, but it was it had some wrestling in there. Good stuff. I agree. Um, Pat McAfee's at home pissed. Pat McAfee was like, yo, I was just the guy. I was just the guy to walk off off the street and be like, yo, he's really good. Now fucking Bad Bunny outdoes me at Mania. Yeah. Uh, no, Bunny was really good. I love that he really dug into this. Not only is he a fan, but he dedicated himself. He went to the PC uh, where it is that Drew Gulak helped train him. Like he, he wanted to learn in a very limited amount of time how to pull this off. He wanted to do more than just the average celebrity spot. Yeah, and did. did great, did great. I'm glad. Now he's going on tour in 2022. Then tickets go on sale like next week. That should be sold out quick. The The guy's a star. It is what it is. He's been a superstar beforehand. I mean, he had 24-7 title during his performance on SNL. Yeah. He won the Grammy the next week and was on Raw the next night. Like this motherfucker cared about pro wrestling. Yeah, this this was, you know, the WWE, obviously they try to get in celebrity spots and get in mainstream media. It makes sense. Yep. A lot of times it just kind of falls on its face. Like you had Kane Velasquez and that was weak. You've had things like the Mickey Rourke thing where Mickey Rourke was supposed to wrestle Jericho at WrestleMania, whatever the fuck that was. And then Rourke's publicist and team was like, eh, we don't really want him to wrestle. So they ended up putting like Steamboat and who had a great match with Jericho. Steamboat, Piper, and I can't remember who else was in that match. Snooker was in that match. But for the most part, like remember we had the special uh, guest host of Raw? Yep. It always is kind of cheesy, but this, every, like after World Rumble, this was just, this was the chef's kiss of like celebrities being involved in pro wrestling. This is how you do it right. And I know Tony Khan said Shaq was the best like celebrity. No, Shaq just no. kind of took a few bumps. It was yeah. fun. It was way more fun than had any business being, but Bad Bunny, incredible. Great stuff. No, I agree. And then we have the main event to follow up. I mean, this night two's main event we'll get to and it was amazing but this one had that same feel of Kofi mania this is the one I think we're talking about 10 years from now um Kofi mania if it was two days back then probably would have been this type of main event and we would have left Saturday night thinking like yo that shit was incredible instead of it being the fourth match of the night <laughs> you know so this this had that build up it had the first time two black wrestlers main events at WrestleMania. Of it, not even just black, but black wrestlers. 
main events at WrestleMania. Then um, the first two time, the first time I believe two black athletes fought for a title at Mania, um, probably outside of tag titles. Um, and then we had, uh, of course, two black women in the main event of Mania, only the second time women have main evented. So much history in this match. I love that they both, or Sasha's entrance was crazy. Bianca came out, gear looking great. They took the moment right before the match to really soak it in. You knew that it really meant something. And then they went out there and put on a show. So to me, just like Kofi Mania, I think this, because of the significance and everything that comes along with it, will be the match we say is the best match of this WrestleMania. And it's the one we remember 10 years from now. Maybe there was more technical. Second night, the the spots, everything, that match might be a better in-ring match by a hair or two. But this one is the match of this WrestleMania. It's the one that will be remembered forever. You know, honestly, I don't think it's close. This match was as perfect as you can get. This you know, there's, we'll talk about a couple things with this match. We got some time. Um, one, Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks were the perfect styles clash. Where I might have mentioned this on the show, or I might have mentioned this to you offline. This was what a similar case of carrying uh, Cross and Finn Balor, where Sasha's the veteran, she's smaller, she, she's trying to take advantage of the rookie. Yep. Whereas Cross, in a similar, well, Bianca's role was better than Cross. Like this was a better match. She's the powerhouse, the freak athlete, um, a little greener, and not in a bad way. But they try to treat it like the rookie because that was the angle going into this match. But I don't know how, you know, there's a man. There's just so much to talk about. I guess one thing is, I was waiting for the botch. I was waiting for Sasha to overcommit on something and we would have got a botch. Not that it would have killed the match, but I was waiting for it. We did not get it. There was no botches. Especially this, was, this was as clean as we'll see a Sasha match probably. This was an incredibly clean match. Even if you go back to Bailey and Sasha in Brooklyn, when the, the poison around the spot and Bailey nearly broke her neck. Yeah. yeah. Like that was there, but we've, we've looked past it. This didn't have that at all. Um, the opening moments of this match. I've never seen anything like this there. So obviously I've mentioned before, I talked to Bianca, you know, before Royal Rumble, we talked about this making black history. We've talked since, and I knew the magnitude of this moment for her. And to see these two women stand across from each other with fans for the first time in over a year. Well, yeah, just over a year to see these two, stare at each other and then Sasha Sasha's been in these big emotional spots where she can't contain herself which is fine but we've seen her like we've seen her cry we've seen her barely hold it in but she's looking at somebody who was her a few years ago in this spot and her job is to put her over and as Bianca like there was a part of me was like man come on girl hold it together because she was (laughs) boy she, she knew it, like she was soaking it in and she knew what she was about to get herself into. And then Sasha looks at her and she's like, come on. And Bianca's like, brings it in. It's like, let's do this. And off we go. And my God, I don't know. 
who's responsible for putting this match together. The moment that Sasha goes for the, the suicide dive from the outside and Bianca catches her, rolls through, gorilla presses her, walks up the ring steps and <laughs> tosses her back in the ring. I was like, oh shit, this is yeah. about to be a whole nother level of a match. That spot in itself was absolutely ridiculous. Just phenomenal. You don't see that from, listen, John Cena caught Shawn Michaels and whatever WrestleMania that was, rolled through, put him in the, uh, the attitude adjustment. And that was cool. And we were like, man, that's a cold spot. And he would start doing it a little bit more often. But Bianca caught this girl on the outside, full speed suicide dive, rolled through and then gorilla pressed her. It wasn't like a F5. It was, she didn't have her on her shoulders. She held her above her head and walked up the steps. Come on, man. She is incredible. Other things to talk about in this match. Sasha didn't hold back at all. There were so many spots where Sasha was running full speed that if Bianca didn't move, there was like a, a running knee to the outside. If, Sa if Bianca didn't move, she was going to die. Sasha was throwing herself <laughs> into every one of these moves. Dude, this match was, this match was perfect. Perfect. They, I, I couldn't find anything wrong with this match. There are very few matches that I watch and I go, yeah, I want to watch that again, like immediately. Yeah. Because it's not just the emotion of the match. And I know we're, gonna, we're all going to be caught up in the moment because, you know, how big it was. But the emotions have a lot to do with it. And the fact that these two women were able to keep it together and Sasha was being a very good ring general. But Bianca just continued to get in these spots. She just continued to, to work things that were like, yo, we've never seen this before. Her 450 splash, like the go home segment. There's just... The, the bank statement and how she got out of that. It, this the was, hair whip. Oh, the we, sound of that hair whip. And we've seen Bianca do it before. It was something about the sound of this one where Sasha was like, yo, you better fucking lay into me. And Bianca put everything she had behind that whip to the point where Sia, uh, Sasha had the crazy welt on her side yeah. after taking it. It was amazing. And then Sasha, you know, then wrapped her ass up with the hair and tried to use it as a big statement tool. Much like Sasha was stomping on the hand of Bailey when yes. it was in the cast, like Sasha uses these little things to just make stuff that much better. Doing the bank statement when she first won the title um, in the False Cow Anywhere match against Charlotte, and she did the bank statement against the rail in the crowd yeah. to win. Like Sasha's so good at just doing the extra thing. So let's let's we'll hold the, the Bianca win and what this means and the moment itself to get to this. Sasha Banks is the best women's pro wrestler in the world right now. There is no question. Now I know that there's you know there's fantastic talent overseas, and I know we've talked people have talked about that, but there this that that sports illustrated or whoever the, the wwe's thing of their greatest superstars of all time had her at six yeah um, greatest women right yeah greatest women's they, list. They, yep. they had you know they, they had impact out of yeah, a bunch of things to rate them yeah trisha number one i think Char no sasha banks is zero and six at wrestlemania yeah i think trish was number two charlotte number one already no trish was number one trish, trish number trish, one okay trish top the list and i get it the impact of trish right is blah 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 yeah but when we talk about a match a woman who truly loves the business. This isn't a woman who's here to get over. 
and then you love the business because I'm winning. Yep. This is a woman who loves to entertain. And no matter what it is, she'll, you know, people complained about that her, you know, the, the rumored fit that she threw when her and Bailey lost the titles to the Iconics. Then people like, oh, she's a sore loser. No, she wants things to make sense. Yep. If you watch Sasha work, she wants things to make sense in her head. She watched, she grew up watching Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero didn't win all the time, but she just wanted great matches. And all she's done time in and time out is put people over. Her best matches are when she loses. Like she, it's, it's Shawn Michaels-esque. Um, no, it's not Shawn Michaels-esque. No, second no, no, no. run. Uh, let me correct. No. Second run Shawn Michaels-esque. To me, it is. When he came back, the two matches against Taker, um, I yeah, believe he, he had, lost to Kurt Angle in that match um, at WrestleMania. Like he, Shawn Michaels' WrestleMania record is like six and twelve, and a lot of that shit is towards the end. Like once he lost his smile, like after that, because he still didn't want to do the job for like Stone Cold necessarily. They're trying to. They said like Taker had to threaten him. Yes, but uh, once he couldn't wrestle again, and then he came back. He found God, cleaned up, came back. He had no problem doing the job for people, and it made him that much better of a wrestler. His best matches came after he started doing the job for people, and he cared about the craft. We'll we'll agree. Like, everybody agrees. Shawn Michaels' second run was better than his first. He was ultra talented. Yeah, 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 way better. But the thing about Sasha is Sasha's here to make you look great. That's, That's been her job. Her job is not to get herself over. Whether she knows it or not, she goes into matches trying to figure out, all right, well, what can I do this innovative, unique, and how can I make you look good? Because there are very few times that Sasha has a match and her opponent doesn't really have their best match. Everybody's best match is with Sasha. Yep. She, she, that's what she's doing now. And Bianca's best match was at Sasha. Charlotte, I don't know if we blame Charlotte. I don't know if we blame Vince. I don't know who to blame for this, but Charlotte ends up eating people up in the ring. Like per, whether it's purposely or not, or whoever the booking agent is, yeah. she ends up not making her opponent look great. Like Rhea Ripley needed to win at WrestleMania 36 against Charlotte, and she didn't. Mm-hmm. Charlotte went over an Oscar for very little reason. And that was really good, but Charlotte didn't really need to win. No, and Oscar made Charlotte look great. Yeah, but the, the point is, is that Charlotte tries, it's kind of like, if you talk to talent over the years, you hear about people that just are, they'll sandbag you. They won't let you get your shit in. They'll cut you off. Sasha lets you get your shit in. Again, Sasha's 0-6 at WrestleMania. See, what's 0-6. crazy What's crazy about Charlotte, in which why I won't hold that against her, is because, and I, I think this is to be said of many big people, which is kind of why I'll give takers credit where it's due, is when you're so much bigger than everyone, it's hard to not look like you're running over them. It's hard to look like you're selling for people smaller. Charlotte's bigger than all of them. She's not bigger than Rhea. She's the same size as Rhea. Rhea, cool. She ran into some, one person who was the same size as her. Uh, outside of that, she's bigger than the rest of the division. So a lot of her matches do look like she's not making them look great. They're making her look great because she's fucking big. Like she's the bigger person in a lot of these matches. The her and Rhea match was, was different because it did go back and forth. But then at the end, like you said, whoever's booking it made it clear that no, like Sasha's dominating to win this. Or excuse me, Charlotte was dominating to win this. So that was a little bit weird in terms of booking because Rhea should have been her equal. 
the, the size, everything. She should have been the first one to be the equal. Kane Taker-wise, you know? Like, Taker never dominated Kane. He always gave him that respect. It always looked like 50-50, even if Taker won. Um, it didn't look like that with Charlotte and Rhea. I think, well, so, so here's what I'll say about Charlotte. What's Charlotte's best match? Charlotte's best match is has to be a triple threat. Triple threat ladder match. Her. Okay, stop right there. Oscar. Stop right there. Stop right there. Yeah. What's Charlotte's best singles match? I was gonna get to that, but I'll cut you okay. right there. What's Charlotte's uh, best? Her singles? Sasha. Her Sasha. I would give her versus Sasha. Um, false count anywhere, and then her Sasha Helena Cell is second. So the common denominator is Sasha Banks. Yes, Sasha's Oscar's best main roster match. She's Becky's best match. She she's everyone's best match, I believe. Like the, to me, one of the best Charlotte matches is the uh, the match where Becky turned heel. Was that Last Man Standing? Uh, that was really good. But the thing about Charlotte is she's got good matches. She's not bad. She's a good ring general. Yeah. But you don't ever leave feeling like her opponent just looked unbelievable you know Bailey went over a couple of WrestleMania a few WrestleManias ago and that was the final but whatever but Sasha just she continues to have great matches and this was no exception because the other thing about having a great match is she bumps like a maniac crazy there like she gives herself it's not like I'm getting my shit in and then when it's your turn I'm not gonna really sell your shit like that she man Bianca was just tossing around like a rag doll. Yep. But then, you know, Sasha would come back and cut her off. And I said this on, on social media, and it's still making this rounds. And people are like, why are you pitting women against women? This match was everything that Becky, Ronda, Charlotte was supposed to be. Yep. That's not to disrespect those three. But the problem with that match was obviously the finish. But it also, like, that match had a better build. Charlotte, Becky, and Ronda had an incredible build. Between yeah. Becky breaking, you know, breaking her nose and the concussion to the police car angle like a week before <laughs> WrestleMania. Charlotte kicked the shit out of Ronda. Yeah, like that was incredible. But the match, I don't, listen, we were there. Yeah. It was a long ass mania. I understand that. But I've gone back and watched that match. It wasn't this. It didn't, oh. it didn't really, like Becky was already set to be a star. Like it was, duh, she was going to win. Charlotte got shoehorned into the match. Okay, did it hurt it? No. Did it make it better? No. It's it's really hard to do a really good triple threat match, and Ronda wasn't submitting to Becky in this match. It just was not happening. So we got a cheap roll up victory, which yeah. kind of cheapens the fact that you need to make Becky quote unquote the man. She needed to win clean as a whistle. That's how you put somebody over. Austin did it. Austin uh, Michaels did it for Austin, even though he didn't want to. But you need that to happen. Sasha went out with the KOD clean one, two, three center of the ring, the emotion, the, the, the wrestling, the innovation, this is what that match, they wanted that match to be, but that's just a testament to how good Sasha is and how fucking freakishly athletic Bianca Belair is. By the way, Ronda's best match is also against Sasha. It happened like the month before. Yes. Mania. She's the dude. She's, yeah. she's the best. There's, Look, 
this is why when you say that you know she might be done and go to the Mandalorian, I think she really loves this shit. Oh yeah, I, I think she'll game. be half and half. Like I think she's more Cena than The Rock. You know, like she not not today Cena, but you know when Cena is literally going back and forth constantly. Yeah, no, she loves this shit way too much, and and the fact that you know we saw the the video of her like just watching Bianca when it's smiling. Yeah, that's... I think she's a star. Like I, I think she's a star past WWE. Like I, I think there's something about her. Maybe that selflessness is infectious. And so Daniel Bryan said something to me that I didn't include in my interview. I was asking Daniel Bryan about locker room culture. And I asked him, what's the difference when you first got into the business to the business now? Because we see older heads like Undertaker, like the locker room soft now. These guys play video games. Daniel Bryan said, we have talent now that is excited to see other people to go over. Back then, everybody wanted to hold on to their spot. And they would do, they'd cut you off of the knees and do whatever they could to get there. But now it's like, you, you go back and watch Kofi Mania and the whole locker room knows Kofi earned it. Yep. And when he said that, it made me think of Sasha. Sasha is that giving. I don't think she's that woman that goes, I got to win. She's 0-6 at WrestleMania. 0-6. Yeah. 0-6. And she I'm put shock over. I'm not sure how much Charlotte is either, to be honest. Like, I, again, I don't know how much that's her or the people behind the scenes saying she must win. I, dude, I don't know. I, I would wonder say. that. Like, by, and listen, this is no inside information. You know, just being a person from the far, looking how supportive she is of Andrade and him wanting to leave. And granted, that's her husband, but like they met in the business. They met in that locker room, you know? There's there's a lot there. She can be worried about heat from the back if he requests his, him leaving. That's some shit in the 90s people would be worried about. Yo, we're married. You can't request leaving because you're going to give me heat and Vince is going to fucking bury me because you're asking for your release. Like, she didn't care about, like, it seems like you're right. Like, the culture is different. Even the people push constantly. Do you, and you know this, but the amount of amazing things we hear about Roman Reigns as a locker room leader for years now. When he was getting booed out of the building, it'll push him horribly to now where he's crushing it and he found a character. People say him in the locker room is next level. He is the leader of that men's locker room. Nothing but great things about him. Like I I feel like it's different. When you're especially your top people are like that, it has to trickle down. Yeah. You gotta have people that are very giving. And it, it, it's really hard. I don't know with Charlotte. I honestly don't know because you know. I think she has enough uh, yank in that locker room to say, hey, I'm going to put her over. Or yeah. I'm not comfortable with this. Like, if you go back and look at Edge and you see, listen to the story about how Edge was supposed to go over at Taker at WrestleMania, he was like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. It does nothing for me. Yep. Right? That's it. You have, uh, when you're at the top of the card, you have a little Some bit pull. of pull. Yeah. So you could put people over. Charlotte could have went into that match and was like, I don't need to win this shit. Yeah, it Rhea does more for Rhea. Yeah. What happened? Rhea lost that match and spent like a couple weeks on the main roster and then was right back to NXT because they fucked, they fumbled it. They yeah. blew it. In order to get people over, you have to be the one putting people over. Daniel Bryan is the reason why I keep talking about him being close to this Mount Rushmore status is because, yeah, he had his yes moment, but then he went over there and he was the advocate for putting Kofi over. He didn't have to do that. He no. could have said, uh, not even that I want to win, it's like, I want to wrestle my friends. Like, ah, put me in there with Kevin Owens because that was the originally booked match. Daniel Bryan's an advocate for other people. So 
Sasha putting over Bianca in this Black History moment in this match was incredible. But then, you know, just watching Bianca, she looks for her mother in the crowd, said, Mama, I did it. Uh, Montez running into the ring. <laughs> like a madman. Like, like, like the ultimate warrior. That motherfucker was on his horse. This was, this, just, this was an incredible, incredible moment. I, I hate that we couldn't be there for this, but yeah, just watching this, it's, it's great. Now, I'm curious what they do with Bianca from here. Thankfully, I think SmackDown's roster is strong enough to have her be fine. Like, I, I think they didn't really bleed out everything from that Bailey feud, right? They, they didn't. They didn't really get all the juice out of that one. Um, I, I feel like there's still so much narrative between her and Shayna never being able to beat Shayna in NXT for the title. You know, I, I feel like you could bleed more out of that. So there's people on, on SmackDown, I, I think, where you can really drag it out. I mean, I hope so. I, I guess I'm curious because this women's tag team, this whole thing that they did was just whack, right? Yeah. Now that Shane is still part of the tag team champions, that story is there to be told, but they, they've kind of, they just kind of fumbled these opportunities. So it's like, it's, there's Bianca, there's Sasha, there's Bailey, and then everybody's just kind of hanging out. So it makes you wonder like, all right, well, Zio coming up, Rhea's obviously on uh, Raw for the time being, the superstar shape can't be too far away, but who the hell is going to really I challenge? I think they moved those to September, to be honest. Yeah, so who the hell is going to challenge Bianca? Like, when you look at her and her physicality and her athleticism, you want to see who can challenge her, and it's, it's you're right. It's either Bailey or Shayna. Yeah, or Nia, if they want to give her a big big show moment. Mm, I wouldn't want to do that, because that, that – I. I'm not saying that, that Bianca is like incredibly green, but she's still, I don't think she's, she's the ring general to control, keep Nia yeah. from hurting her. And they've done that in NXT. She did the choke spot. It, it wasn't a great match. No, it wasn't at all. So I'm curious. I'll see, we'll see where this goes. It looks like Sasha probably end up shooting the Mandalorian season three. And uh, yeah, we had our black history moment. Yeah. Oh, and, and not to mention that the man will be returning. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sooner or later. Yeah. So, Becky, I, I think with Charlotte on Raw, Oscar's still on Raw, um, I, I feel like Raw is kind of not crowded with Rhea, but 
but I feel like Becky would probably be better served going to SmackDown unless she doesn't come back until like shakeup time. Shakeup is I think two weeks after or after SummerSlam now. Yeah, I'm so, curious. we'll see where it goes. Yeah, we'll we'll see how that one shakes out. Let's take one quick break. When we come back, we're going to hit up night two. Talk about all of the stuff that happened there to get us through this episode. You guys don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Everyone, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is a perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll be able to get your show pushed on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com backslash join. Check out the description box for the episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. What up, everybody? We are back. Night two of Mania on the docket. The match of the weekend. Kicking it off. Oh, man. Nah, like I said I was going down with the ship. Dre, I went down with the ship. And the ship sunk like the fucking Titanic. It... I don't even... I can't even say they tried. The official match time is five minutes and 50 seconds. It's felt like 20 minutes. Like, it felt painstakingly long because I didn't know where they were going with anything. And to have this as an opener, listen, better now than cooling off the card later, I think, and how it played out. But yeah, it wasn't a, a hot opener to start. Randy Orton defeats The Fiend and Alexa Bliss in a singles match. It was a normal match. 
sooner or later, Bray Wyatt has to win at Mania. Like, he won last year against John Cena. That wasn't a real fucking match. He, Bray hasn't won a real match at Mania. And this one was kind of ridiculous. Like, there's no reason to have The Fiend lose. Um, the Fiend was getting offense in. Randy Orton got way too much offense in. And then The Fiend looked like he was about to wrap it up. Alexa Bliss pops out a fucking jack-o'-lant, the jack-in-a-box with an anarchy sign behind her, bleeding, black blood still with a crown of thorns, and distracts the fiend. He catches one RKO. Mind you, Seth Rollins put this motherfucker through everything and couldn't keep him down. One RKO, and the fiend gets pinned. Orton rolls out. The fiend pops up. No sells it. Some reason, the, the fiend always is perfectly fine by the count of five, but cannot get up at the count of three. Any, at any time so Orton wins and then the fiend stares at Alexa Bliss till the lights go out no explanation um fuck it would have been a great spot to maybe bring someone back like Aleister Black <sighs> they didn't do it it made no sense and another another year another waste of Bray Wyatt this match fucking sucked um it was a five minute is it a match like yeah, dude, listen, the entrance isn't longer than the match, right? It's felt like it took 20 minutes for both of them to get to the ring. Yeah, it was a long Randy entrance. Yeah. This this but I told you this was doomed. This the fiend is it's over, dude. It's been over and they don't know it's what not to over. They it's give it over. a program, but come on, man. How long has it been now? It's been a year and a half. It's over. It's been over. They don't know how to give up on this. They're rebooting the fiend again. Where do you give up on Bray Wyatt? Like uh, you, you're, you can't give up on him. Why can't you? They fucked this talented. up. They have. Is he that talented? He is that talented. Not in I, terms I, I of can't. what? In terms of character build, what he does. But he's not a great. His wrestler. mic work. But he's no, not a but great. He's fucking a great talent for that company. But you know what happens? You burn out all of his ideas. He's got nothing left. Creatively, he's bankrupt. He's ran out. They they haven't done anything that made sense. Like listen. This there was no there was no way this match was going to be good. The moment they said this was a regular wrestling match, it was over. Yeah, it was done. There was nothing they could do because he's not a great wrestler. They've done this before at WrestleMania was piss poor, and now you try to work an angle to reboot him, which seems like they're angling him to a babyface now. For what? I don't know why. It's none of this makes sense, and the reason why I say he also ruined them because. Just like you said, Orton got in too much offense, right? Wait, so the, problem, the problem was when you established that bullshit that you did with him getting the title against Seth Rollins and eating all those chair shots, it never leaves your memory because fans aren't that stupid. So that for the for the last year and a half, that's all we remember. So when we see him eat one RKO and get pinned, we go, get the fuck out of here. Yep. It's over because they, they, they ruined what they tried to establish by shooting him to the moon, putting him in a title match way too quick. Giants always fall, and then it doesn't make any sense. Kane had a nice build in, in heading into the match with Taker. Taker had to tombstone him three times to get a, a pin that Kane kicked out of it like 3.25, right? Yeah. And it still kept Kane strong. The Fiend just crushed Rollins, but then you know what really killed him? Getting smashed by Goldberg. That, that, was, that was the the end-all, be-all. Because like, that made no fucking sense. A 53-year-old man... 
with one spear and a jackhammer beats the fiend it, that yeah i mean again that's inexcusable but when you see like the character one that took him out of the main event picture cool whatever um i, I thought a feud with randy orton playing off of their history a feud with a guy like jeff hardy playing off of their history i thought that could work for the bray wyatt character but not and this is something that we see often in the main roster is they fell in love with bliss in this angle bliss became bigger than the fiend and randy orton and she's completely dependent on the fiend if you take her character away from the fiend it makes no fucking sense which is why she's really doing nothing in the women's division so they've lost sight of she is dependent on the fiend not necessarily vice versa and they're booking stuff for Alexa Bliss instead of the Fiend, and well, that's they, the wrong way to go. The pro, but they're in lies the issue. They're actually rewarding Alexa for carrying the load while the Fiend was gone. Yeah, and, and what they've seen is Alexa has done all this work over the past two and a half months, and they've enjoyed it. And Vince was like, "All right, just give her some more work." Like, remember, she nerfed Oscar. Yeah, but her character does not work independent of him. Unless you bring somebody else, which is absolutely possible. I she guess. Bring, and I'm not saying it's going to work. I'm just saying that they're rewarding Alexa for her work in the time that The Fiend was gone because it was all about Alexa. But this, this is just bad because the bigger issue with Bray Wyatt continues to be and then the bell rings. You can do all the shit that you want to do. Yeah. But if you can't give me a compelling match... It ain't gonna work. And the tough. fact that you got you got him and Daniel Bryant strap match. If everyone wants to go back and watch that, that was a good fucking match. The yeah, Fiends versus that's, Daniel Bryan. Again, you're not gonna have a bad match with Daniel Bryan. No, you're just not. No. Daniel Bryan, he could wrestle a, a cactus and you'll be <laughs> like, this is entertaining. Yeah. Bray's not that guy. Bray, it just it ain't it. And him feuding with Orton for as long as he has, and this is the payoff at WrestleMania, this ain't it. And no. again, what I'm saying is they're trying to reboot this character again to a baby face. So now we can empathize with the fiend, but that's not going to work either. No, that's not. I mean, it always had baby face tendencies, right? Like you felt for Bray Wyatt and then the fiend was his muscle and the heel. Having the fiend be the baby face makes no fucking sense. Bray Wyatt is the sympathetic character, and that's why you split personas. Yeah, you keep trying that shit. It ain't going to happen. Just give it um, up. It's over. No, no, I'm saying this is how it should have been. I know. I, I don't, over. I'm not going to say anything's over when anyone's under contract. Like, it should have been over for Bray Wyatt five years ago. No, no, but no. The no, fact no. that we it's even over. get the Fiend is like, cool. I mean, he's still going to be on TV, so it's not over until fucking Fat Lady sings. He might wrestle for the next 10 years. So, who knows? I mean, Kane never held a fucking title his last 12, 15 years. So if you want to call that over, then cool, it was over. But no, no, no. People this, enjoyed Kane. Because just like Otis, it's over. It, he's Otis not Otis. Over. No, he's, yeah. he's, he's more okay. Kane than Otis. He's okay. not more Kane I, than I, Otis. I guarantee, I'll guarantee you it's not over for Bray Wyatt. Okay. Bray, Bray Wyatt's what, what, never in catering. I, I guarantee I, you that. No, he won't be in catering. But what, he, what he'll be is a special interest character that they'll keep rebooting. Bray Wyatt. I'm not even talking about The Fiend. We might not have seen The Fiend much longer. They have botched this so many times. It's hard to take anything he's doing seriously. 
you go back to regular as Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt will never be in catering. Bray Wyatt will never be a job. Bray Wyatt has to be on TV. If he wants to be on TV, he can. He's that good of a character. Yes. Mm, I don't know. You, you run out of ideas. Bray Wyatt's going to be asked for his release. That's that's going to be the next I step. I don't think so. Okay. We we disagree on that. On you that. are a big Bray Wyatt advocate. And Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt hasn't done shit in the last few years. They fucked up when he didn't beat Cena at WrestleMania. They, let's, yo, keep it a buck. They fucked him up from day one. Day one, they have not capitalized on the talent that Bray Wyatt has as a character. They have not from yes, day one. No, when that's not true. They, it the took Wyatt family. Five, the Wyatt family was great. They never yes. put the belt on Bray Wyatt when they should have. They did that shit after the Wyatt family broke up, two years after, and then put him in a mania match with maggots on the floor. They have never done right by Bray Wyatt. Yes, they have, because Bray Wyatt should never carry the title because he's not a good wrestler. That's It's really that simple. He's not a good wrestler. He's a good character. They did right by the Wyatt family. The problem is... They broke him up for no reason. But the problem, the bigger issue is Bray Wyatt's not a good wrestler. And he should have went over on Cena at WrestleMania. And when he didn't, and then he lost to Undertaker, all the momentum was gone. Then, if you remember, briefly, they had him and Roman teaming up. That actually worked for a hot second. Yeah, then that Bray a nice got, little feud. Then Bray got hurt. Then he comes back. And the problem is, he's not really a good worker. So he's got to keep coming up with ideas. But at a certain point, fans are like over it. The Fiend was a unbelievable character yeah the, the firefly fun all that shit was unbelievable they fucked him up because he's not a great wrestler and they had him go out there and run over seth rollins for the title he's not a championship wrestler you i think you you are over it more so than more the majority of fans are over it okay in terms of he's done like i i think you are in the minority of that one Okay. And that's cool. Like you're you're a harsh grader. Understand where you're coming from. I think you're in the minority. It's not even a harsh grader. I'm just giving you facts. The man is not a great wrestler. You can't. He's not. But I, I think fans still want the best for Bray Wyatt when he's in good and really well booked programs. They will support Bray Wyatt. And when I think happen? there's a spot for that. When does that happen? I think that him, Daniel Bryan feud that got Bryan back to be in the yes movement, Daniel Bryan, was handled very well. And that was after he was done and he was fucking done with the Seth bullshit and blah, blah, blah. And then Daniel Bryan helped him recapture that. And then Goldberg killed the second momentum because he should have been done after the Seth Rollins, red light, hell in a cell, stupid shit. He wasn't. Daniel Bryan helped recapture that and then Goldberg killed that. And then it was like, all right, I'll still give him an or in a program. Okay, cool. Keep him away from the fucking belt now. Like, let's build him how it's supposed to be built, him or it. And then boom, Alexa Bliss is now killed. Not, not to her fault, but now they killed that with for Alexa Bliss, and Alexa Bliss is getting the major push. So again, they they put a lot of roadblocks in his way, but they haven't killed his spirit yet. So are you sure about I, that? Yeah. I don't. I'm, I don't know the guy personally, I'm but just saying, fucking I outside, I, I think, I think we can see where it ends up. I'm. I'm not just gonna say he's not Otis. Uh, all I'm saying is Ot- Otis is a different world, man. Like that's that's relatively disrespectful. Like Otis, Otis, Otis doesn't get fucking one on ones at Mania. Like 
No, he, not he yet. Can't build feuds like that. He's not never. Not he's never. a gimmick. He's a gimmick. That's what I'm saying. He's not a great gimmick. The fiend is, a, but it's a gimmick that Vince loved. But and, no, but the universe. Like, oh, this is cute. They didn't love, like they didn't support dude, him like they supported Bray Wyatt. Dude, was Otis of no, Bray Wyatt? Wait, hold on, stop. Was Otis not over heading into the match at last year's WrestleMania with the Mandy Rose angle? Was he not over? Like he was super over. Okay, I mean there was no fucking fans there, but yeah, sure. But no, he was super over. He was super over before that. The whole Mandy Rose angle was incredible. It was fun, and then Vince did what he did to the Fiend, pulled the trigger too soon, and gave him money in the bank and ruined him, crushed him. The same thing, and they've done. But there's this not three years times, of attachment. Like there's the, not there's years, years of attachment, attachment with Bray Wyatt. There, is, there are there isn't an attachment to Bray that you don't. I no, fans no. do. Are you serious? I am serious. He's had terrible matches at WrestleMania. He's Sir, he, you. You he's are putting been, credit. Listen, listen. He got booed tonight. That angle got booed. Before that, there was no fans. Lost to Goldberg. I think people believe the angle got booed. I think they believe Bray Wyatt deserves better. You can think that all you want, but there's no more. I think I'm closer. I think I'm closer than you. We'll let the people decide. But if you guys are listening, people obviously let you are. We're gonna let, let us decide. know. Yeah, but I mean that's that's the problem. Vince is very many of people. He seems to at least give Bray extra chances, but he yeah. has fucked up a lot of stuff. Bray should be bigger, better than he is. That we can agree on. Creatively, yes. As a wrestler, yes. I don't know. As a wrestler, no. I mean, I'm not overly going to push him as an in-ring wrestler either. But as a character, there's a place for him in that character. His first iteration, The Fiend, there's a place for that in the WWE. There has always been a place for someone like that in the WWE. And for some reason, for some reason, they won't let him be that. Mankind held the title, Mick Foley held the title once and is admired. He did the right fucking thing. Why couldn't Bray just been that? Because Mick Foley was a really fun wrestler to watch. He was a great wrestler. But I'm yeah. talking about it as a character of Mankind. There's only so much you can do if, you can, if you're not a great wrestler. Yeah. There's only so much you can do. So we shall see. Um, next match, oh fuck, should have been our pre-show. Tag team, uh, women's tag team title match, Nia Jack, Shayna Baszler. Versus Natty and Tamina, 14 minutes, 20 seconds. Again, total the two nights, these uh, women tag matches have gotten 28 minutes and 40 seconds. Absurd. Little little long in the tooth both nights. Um, so looking at this match, I mean, Natty, Natty and Tamina looked like they were being booked strong. But in the end, Shayna Baszler locks in the choke on Natalia while she has Nia Jackson, the sharpshooter. How she forgot Nia wasn't the legal person, I'll never fucking know. But Shayna comes in. Uh, Natty passes out, maybe to keep her strong. I don't know why you keep her strong. Too much passing out. Somebody got to tap. Um, but she passes out. Nia and Shayna win. Now it just has me thinking, what now for Tamina and Natalia? They built them up for weeks to get to this point and to lose. I don't, you know, this, I don't understand a logic. This was like, this was a Zack Ryder spot. Without grabbing the, <laughs> without yes. grabbing the title. This was the Zack Ryder spot. But like I said earlier, this is the biggest problem with the women's division. There's no emotional investment in anybody in this division right now. They just throw teams together and then you have this match. Now, yeah, fans were cheering for Tamina 
Petunia's not really a great worker. Natalia, all right, whatever. But nobody cares. Like, nobody cares. And did these women work? Yeah, they worked their ass off. Did I care? No. You know, between Natalia running around trying to control traffic, like she was trying to direct traffic. You watch her. She's like, ah, over here. And you can hear them cursing and all this other shit's going on. It just, it wasn't a good match. It wasn't a good match. I didn't have a reason to care. Not a single reason. It wasn't an underdog story. It wasn't anything. I just didn't care. No, it was and bullies against bullies, and it made no sense. It, it was it was bad because Natalia and Tamina were like the heels all for the past few weeks. Yep. I don't. This is dumb. And then we have this match, and people like they worked, and I'm like, yeah, they did, but I I don't care. And now the women's tag division is just a complete bungled mess. You need to f- get the Iconics back together because they were actual tag team. Yep. Outside of that, you have them in the Riot Squad. Get actual tag team. I mean, at this point, Nia and Shane have been together enough that I can let them rock. Yeah, they, they can um, be a tag team. But yes. everybody else, like Naomi and Lana, that's not a tag team. No, no. There's better tag team partners for Naomi. Like, the pairings don't even make sense. Even if you put random people together, the pairing should make sense. Like, again, I keep saying that. I feel bad for Carmella. She, she had it. They gave her this new gimmick. She worked Sasha, got beat. Lost her, lost Reginald. Lost her butler. It's a wrap. It's over. Like, there's nothing for it. To do. And this is what I mean when I say it's over. It's like you try something and then they just bury it or they yeah, fuck it up somehow. That was buried in like two months, buried. That's, that's, this is the third time they try to recycle the exact same gimmick. Yeah. It was uh, the redhead chick who got fired, Eva Marie. Yes. Then they brought it back for Mandy Rose. Didn't work. And it's then bad. brought it for Carmella. These the same exact promos, the same stupid gold-like sheath entrance come out. It's just not a good gimmick. It's not going to work for anyone. It's not creative. It's not creative. So, no. so this match was, it was there. People got hot, but then Shayna and Nia win it because I, th- I think they should have. There's going to be people that say, oh, they, they should have. Tamina and Natalia should have had their moment. I don't care. Because like Zack Ryder, he won. Yeah, yeah I think you moment. give them. Yeah, and I mean, and then lost the next light at night. Yeah. I think you could have done the same. Like I. Nah. If you're going to put them in a position, I would have gave them the titles. Yeah, like, they, they should have put them in the position. That is like, that is the key. But if you're going to put them in a position, like, just so I can pull the trigger. Um, Natty and Tamina are not holding any other titles ever. No. So this not. this could have been it. And then next match, Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. Match is only listed as 9 minutes, 20 seconds. But that's because we get an extra two minutes after the match with Logan Paul interaction we knew this was going to be under 10 minutes because immediately kevin owens and Sami Zayn go into a sprint getting all their spots off all their shit there was great callbacks to their matches in roh to nxt to their matches uh there was a great callback spot to their match at battleground which was incredible during their few initial feud and when both got called up well i guess when Sami Zayn got healthy and kevin owens was u.s champion it was a great callback spot to that. I thought it was really dope for a sprint of a match. They got all their stuff in. And if you're a fan of those two throughout the years, if you know, you know, and you loved the callback spots in this. And in the end, it's just great to see two friends who've known each other for 20 years, grinded from Canada to the Indies all over the U.S. to Japan to everywhere. Uh, PWG, that sweaty-ass gym. NXT, they grinded everywhere to say, yo, 
we made it to WrestleMania and we can share this together. They did it in the ladder match once, which their spots in that shit was crazy when they used to have the IC title ladder match. But this is just those two. And it's like, this is a little cherry on top of their careers, friends. Yeah, I have two thoughts about this. One, this is the Ring of Honor's greatest hits highlight package. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with it. I, I enjoyed it for what it was because the issue that I have isn't so much an issue with either of them. It's like, I don't know if these two will ever get this spot again. So they might as well get their shit in. They're too good. So that the fact that we didn't get a real bill for this match is always going to bother me. The fact that I feel like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are two of the most underutilized talents. Not even underutilized. I feel like we've seen what they can do. And we know, especially Kevin Owens, we know this man is a mid-card material. We know that he can sit, he can main event a WrestleMania. I don't know if they'll ever go with him main eventing a WrestleMania. Yeah. If they had a chance to do the universal title match with Chris Jericho, after the, the Festival of Friendship and all, they had a, a fucking amazing angle. They just didn't go with it. So we got this match and I'm like, cool, they're doing it. I'm not saying they're giving up on them because that's not what it means, but this might be as far as it goes between these two getting this kind of real estate at WrestleMania and they made the most of it. So good yeah. for them. Good for the fans who enjoyed this. I just wish, man, this, this would be incredible if they had a title on the line with a ladder match at WrestleMania in time. Good. I mean, again, this could be the appetizer to something in the future, right? Like this is Peter Griffin and the chicken. Yeah. They've, they've sat on this for so long. Like the fact that this match has happened at this WrestleMania with no build really. And they threw Logan Paul in this shit for really no reason says everything you, you need to know about what they think about the future of Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. They've had this story in their lap for years. years. Yeah. I don't know how much Vince gives a fuck about anything that happens outside of WWE. But that's what I'm saying. So it's like the the few that they had, because even at NXT when Kevin annihilated Sami Zayn. Oh, the build, the, that package was incredible leading up to their match. Yes, yeah, so they they it's there. And the fact they you can't this is not gonna be a Kofi situation because there's not enough room. Like like Kofi was here for eleven years and it was like, all right, finally we're gonna do something. I don't know how long I'm not saying Kevin Owens is gonna be a lifer. I don't know what he's gonna do, but you have this was this has been packaged for you for a very long time to give them this this great spot and they, it just kind of this match just kind of happened and it was still good because of how good they are but I just yeah. don't know if Vince believes in them to sit there at the top of a card or to at least have a title match at WrestleMania this match just happened and I feel like one of them pitched it I feel like Kevin Owens was like hey I'm not doing anything let me wrestle Sammy for eight minutes that's what I feel like happened Probably. I don't feel like this was like Vince going hey you guys should have a feud I feel like one of them pitched this. Yeah, and then they're like, yo, L Logan Paul. Like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, cool, cross-promotion. I, I don't even think, I think Logan Paul was brought up by somebody else. I don't think, I, I'm 90% sure Kevin Owens and- Oh, not, Ke yeah, not Kevin. When I say them, like, like WWE. Yeah, they were like, hey, how about like, oh, Logan Paul. Guy? Yeah, like, yo, you know, we got Logan Paul itching to do something with us. And they're like, oh, cool, fuck it, cross-promotion, like, throw him with Kevin and Sammy. He probably wasn't even itching. They were just like, hey, we need some uh, mainstream. <laughs> take this bag. dough. Yeah, take, take this dough. Um, so, no, I, but I think that all being said, I think it worked out well. And yeah, Kevin no, Owens gets the traditional Stone Cold spot of stunnering, giving someone a stunner 
who is the guest of the night. Yeah. So they just this was good for what it was. I just you know that they can do so much more. It's just like watching Cesaro, and you'd be like, are they really gonna push him to the moon? Probably yeah. not. But you watch him, he's like, this man can't have a bad match, really. No, but I, I think this was good. I'm glad both of them are on the card again. So I, I like them getting the time. Next one, Sheamus versus Matt Riddle, United States Championship. I was shocked by the result, Sheamus defeating Matt Riddle. But as I looked at the match, we were talking, we we're all on the reverse rap pack group chat, watching this together. And I'm watching the match. I'm like, yo, it's a pretty damn good match. Riddle's getting some of the offense we, we've seen him lose in WWE, right? The clownish shit, but they've limited his set. This seemed like it was stiffer. He was working better. Him and Sheamus had a chemistry I was not expecting. And then I was like, yo, this is doing really well. It's good. Sheamus avoided killing him when he uh, was going for what was that? Was that the static shock or whatever the fuck it's called? From the top rope, but decided not to when he slipped and then just, you know, reset on the ground and hit it on the ground. Um, I, I thought it was really good, really well paced throughout and then we get the finish matt riddle does the ricochet adam cole spot where he does the moonsault off of the middle rope and sheamus catches him clean with a broke kick straight to the grill perfect timing it landed flush sheamus gets the pin and sheamus is a new champion and the camera cuts to riddle pouring blood from his mouth sitting there like i can't believe you just beat me and that visual does more than any win could ever do for a riddle. If they capitalize on it. If, but that is his WrestleMania moment, pouring blood, looking at Sheamus. Yeah. So this, this feels like another one of the matches where they've changed the result sometime in the past week and a half. Because I think they've, they're rewarding Sheamus because Sheamus has quietly had a really good COVID year. I mean, if we're keeping it a buck, it should have been him in the WWE title feud against Drew Mac, because that was built a lot better than him versus Lashley. Yeah, but the uh, the work that he's done, and I was thinking about this, uh, the Drew match, like he's had some really hard-hitting matches. I mean, shit, he had the match with Big E. Yep. The, the, that brawl, that street fight. Sheamus has quietly just put together a very solid year in the ring. And he gets this match with Riddle, which ends up being really good and hard hitting for Sheamus. Sheamus needed this. Riddle, hopefully this is going to give him more of an edge. We keep saying this. Like, I hope he gets more of an edge because of this match. Yeah. No more scooter riding. No more birds flying out your flip-flops. Cut all this bullshit out. You can wrestle. And he got, you know, he did like a, a German sp- Spanish fly there was the, like the ring, the edge of the ring apron got a lot of work on night two. Like I didn't feel like these fools were on the edge of the ring apron all night. Um, but hopefully he ditches this whole bro thing and, you know, maybe, maybe he's not, not going to ditch it. Yeah. Tone like, it down. Just tone it down. Yeah. Tone the aloofness, tone, tone the goofiness down. Uh, this was, this was a good match. It wasn't great. It was good. And Seamus winning. That's cool. Yep. Uh, he probably won't hold this title very long. But I'm curious what they do with Matt Riddle from here. This is a great contender to flip it right back at Backlash. Like, yeah, this definitely. this is that type of title. Like, because it did for Sheamus what you wanted it to do. It gave him 
a good kudos. Thank you, good sir, for your work. Uh, you know, you're the veteran. Seamus, you know, for the past year, came up, returned from an injury. Um, the bar kind of ended with Seamus getting hurt and then working his way back over like a year and a half. He was just fucking working out and doing CrossFit, came back and then worked himself right back in a program. So this is like a good hat tip. Seamus is like 40 something. Uh, looks amazing though, but he's like 44, 45 or some shit. Correct me if I'm wrong, people on the interwebs. Uh, but I know he's in his 40s. So I was like, yeah, thanks, man. Good shit, good work. And then for Riddle, I think it, it gives him that revenge, that edge. I don't know if they're going to tone down the bro stuff or stop with the, you know, the birds, but I, I think it's okay if it's off and on. When it's on, you can have it all the way on. When it's time to get busy, flip it off and let them get busy. So that's what I need. Don't, don't tone it down permanently, just off and on switch. Even RVD had an off and on switch in the WWE. Not really. That's kind of how they ruined RVD. Yeah, it's easy. <laughs> I mean, RVD had some good matches. Well, because he can wrestle. Matt Riddle can have some good matches because he can wrestle. Yeah. But the character work is always going to be an issue. It's hard to take somebody seriously when you push the gimmick, the bro, the birds. At a certain point, it feels, again, I said this like last week, it feels like an eight-year-old's making a creative wrestler and just keeps adding shit to it. <laughs> oh, birds flying out his feet. Now he rides a scooter. Like, it's a straight I like creative the scooter, wrestler stuff. It just gets a little goofy, and it's yeah. hard to take a guy seriously, especially the, the birds when he's is a, dumb. Dude, he's an MMA fighter. Riddle had hands on the Ultimate oh. Fighter. Like he had hands. Yeah, you legit. need to work that angle. Yeah. Uh, next match: Nigerian drum fight. You guys heard the intro. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed it. Apollo Cruz defeats Big E in a match that only went six minutes and fifty seconds, but they were laying into each other in these six minutes and fifty seconds. This was the shortest match of WrestleMania. No, Randy Orton and Fiend, 550. So second shortest match of WrestleMania was the Nigerian drum fight. But I think they packed a lot into the 60 minutes, or six minutes and 50 seconds. Um, Big E hit a nice spot where he was going like 90 miles per hour on the spear to the outside. They beat the hell out of each other with uh, kendo sticks which I didn't know kendo sticks were necessarily Nigerian. I didn't know a gong was either. But Yes, there was also a random gong that Big E decided to try to use as a weapon. The steel steps were used as a weapon. There was a table used as a weapon. Everything was used as a weapon. Um, you can guess it, except for a Nigerian drum. The drums were not used as a weapon. Man. But it was 6 minutes, it's 50 seconds, and uh, I liked... Listen, I'll be honest. I liked the match. Until the end. Uh, Davocato came out, interfered, uh, took out Big E, and yeah, Paul gets pinned. So, all right. Of course, those of you listen to podcasts, knowing, knowing me and Big E are friends. Uh, and I say, I don't know the finishing matches. I don't want to know because I'm a fan. So I watched this match, and I'm very honest about the match. They worked with what they had. Because this match was stupid. Because the moment I saw the drums, I was like, oh, God. Drums, a gong, and kendo sticks. The I don't know. Was stupid. The match wasn't bad. That's what they worked with. What they had. Oh. You had, you had, Biggie who had com- just completely just kept beating on Apollo. Right for the past few weeks, tried to send him to catering. The only time <laughs> Apollo got a win was in a tag match that was like four minutes, and he kind of snuck the pin, and that constitutes a IC title rematch. Whatever. 
So we get to this match and they go in and they don't have a lot of time. Biggie has Wale walk him out and all the fireworks, which I'm happy for my boy. Like I'm watching, I'm like, this is dope. And so I'm watching the match and I'm like, there's drums and there's a gong and this is stupid. Like, why is this shit here? Why are we calling this a Nigerian drum fight when the drums aren't doing any fighting? It was, it was silly. There was, it could have been just been a street fight and been perfectly fine. Shout out to someone on Twitter who was like, yo, I thought a Nigerian drum fight was going to have people on the outside playing the drums for like crazy effect. Like, doom, 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 like that type of shit. You know what? They're beating the shit out of each other in a street fight with random people beating on drums. I might have been into that. Man, the idea of this match was just bad. It was bad. It was a bad idea. It It would have been better than empty drums. Yeah. So... He hits a great Uranagi on the steel steps. They do a call back to the steel steps and took E out for like three weeks. Um, but Dabakato comes in and I don't think he's from Nigeria, but whatever. And he, he helps after Big E hits the big ending. It looked like he's going to get the pin. Apollo wins. The good news is Apollo needed this yeah. much more than Big E. He would have been at catering. Yes. He loses this match. It is over for Apollo Crews. Big E's fine. He's always going to be a fan favorite, even if they don't use him every week, even if he's not in the prime spot, he's fine. He's over. He's got like a million Twitter followers. He's fine. Personality-wise, he's totally fine. Apollo needed this, desperately needed this. So him going over, good for him. I'm glad that happened. But it also means we get to get this Nigerian accent for as long as he holds on to this title. (laughs) And I don't know if he's ready to continue this thing because it's really silly. You can't start phasing it out at this point. I just, I don't know what you do. Cause like that promo, like, again, you can hear him sliding in and out, in and out of his American English. Like it, it's there. It's hard to keep this up, but he wins the match. Like it was good for six minutes, which is crazy for the IC title. Have an extremely short match at WrestleMania. But here we are. What is I'm glad the entrance, in? the entrance took most of the, the time, which is fine by me. Yeah, I'm curious. Do you go Apollo? If you don't go directly back to Apollo and Big E, which it probably will have backlash. Yeah. Do you go? I would like to see Apollo work some of these baby faces like Shinsuke Nakamura. I don't mind that. I don't mind Apollo Kevin Owens. Yeah, I think there's there's an opportunity, stupid voice and accent aside, there's a real opportunity to make Apollo a player. He looks great in the ring. He really does. You give me Apollo versus Cesaro for the IC title? There's there's opportunity here. Like, that's a few that can go damn near to money in the bank. Yeah, it also makes me wonder, taking the title off of E, with so few baby faces on SmackDown, what does this mean? Could it mean that Biggie could capture the money in the bank. Could it like mean that. they push him into the main event title picture? Because yep. Roman's going to need heels soon. I mean, heels. He's going to need faces. baby faces soon. Yep. I don't know how soon they're going to do this. But I think if you, Biggie is probably, who else is a big baby face? You know, Edge is on full time. No, him, Owens, DB. And you've already ran the gamut with, with Owens and Daniel Bryan will be done. So and Cesaro. Cesaro might be ones. next. He might Cesaro might be the guy that you can feel comfortable with putting him in there, like you said, with Roman. Cesaro loses, like, all right, whatever. Biggie is a great candidate for money in the bank. 
Yeah, he is. And him carrying that briefcase would be pretty damn interesting. Again, like I said, I don't ask E about his future. I just don't because I want to watch him be thoroughly surprised. And when shit happens, then I text him. I go, this, that was dope. I don't want to know. So I, I do wonder, like, is this the path they might go down with him? Apollo, he should hold on to this icy title and just have some really great matches. Yep. That, that's it. The Dabakato thing, I'm really curious. Like, mm, Oh, he's going to be a chicken shit champ, but at least you're on TV. It's fine. That's what Rollins was with J&J Security, and yep. Rollins was excellent. Perfectly fine. <laughs> Perfectly fine. And it's a great thing to overcome. Like, Cesaro won WrestleMania. Like, now he has to overcome not only Apollo, but this fucking big security guard dude. You know, like, that's something that extends it past one pay-per-view. It's yeah. like, okay, so a back backlash it's him versus apollo and then no the big dude keeps getting in the way now i need oh please don't do like a punjabi prison match but african but i need something to keep this big ass dude out of here so give me like a cage match or something you know so having the henchman adds a lot of stipulations as roman reigns this could be really fun for apollo and i hope they run with him and i hope they give him a good one because he deserves it i agree and then uh co-main rhea ripley versus asuka Raw Women's Championship match, 13 minutes, 30 seconds. I thought this was a really good match. Asuka's really fucking good. Rhea Ripley takes the title off of Asuka. But in this match, again, apron getting worn out. There's some good apron spots. Um, We get Asuka with some amazing spots. Rhea Ripley showing off her strength. It comes down to the end. And Rhea Ripley hits the finisher um, as a reversal. I thought that was a cool, like, little reversal into it. Uh, I liked the match through and through. I thought they both put on a good show. And then now it's, you know, I don't know where Asuka goes, but Asuka is fucking money. So even if they cool her off for a while, she'll be back sooner or later. But I, I think, you know, tomorrow night, Monday night, it's Charlotte time. Yeah, Probably. You, just, you, guys, you guys know how I feel about Oscar, man. Charlotte must pose, sir. It's yep. it's horse women or nothing. And that's, you know, that's the way we roll. Oscar, they've been, like I said, they've been waiting to get this title offer. If it wasn't Charlotte, it was going to be Rhea. We knew Oscar was not retaining the title at WrestleMania. No. So instead, what she does is she gives us another great match. and reminds people, I'm one of the best in the world. They just keep disrespecting me. I'm too good for this shit. Asuka kind of needs to go away for a while. I don't think putting her back into any program right now will do anything for her. I think it might be best. Just hang with me on this. Asuka disappears. I think heel Asuka needs to come back. But heel Asuka needs to come back when Becky comes back and beat the fuck out of her. Because... Asuka has nothing else to do on Raw right now. She's, she, she was so good as a heel when her and Kyrie Sane was a heel, they turned a baby face because she was yep. so good at it. But if we get mean streak Asuka back. Oh, she'd be great for SmackDown too. They just got, she needs to go away for a minute. Yeah. Like they, they haven't done her right. They've, ex, I want to say, I guess I'll say they exposed her too much on Raw as not like she lost a lot. She did like, she was getting pinned for dumb shit. Getting nerfed by Alexa Bliss, I just can't get past it. Alexa's not even like a full-time wrestler right now. And she loses to Rhea Ripley, fine. Rhea Ripley's a star. We see it. She's young. She's talented. Blah, blah, blah. We know it. But Asuka just needs a break. Give her a break. Bring her back. 
and she needs a very meaningful feud. She's that good, but she kind of needs a reset because they kind of fucked this up. Oh, I agree. It's okay to cool her down for a second, and then I'm sure she'll come back into the Money in the Bank match. She won't win that because she won last year, but she'll start getting more programs after that. What I don't want to see is them to just randomly throw her in a mixed match tag team and have her stuck in the tag team scene again. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. She has to disappear and come back with a purpose. She can't just jump into some random tag team or some random ass feud. None of that shit can happen. She needs to disappear and come back with a purpose. I agree. So that is the smartest thing to do with her. Good match. Main event, Roman Reigns versus Edge and Daniel Bryan, triple threat for the WWE Universal Championship. Longest match of the weekend, 21 minutes, 40 seconds. I enjoyed all 21 minutes and 40 seconds of it. It's great that Jay Uso made it known from Rip. Ain't no fair ones. I'm here to interfere and whoop ass. So Edge had to take him out early. So I thought that was really cool. Made sure you knew the triple threat was no DQ. Roman was going to have an edge no matter what. Um, I thought it played out amazing spots throughout. Edge did a lot of the heavy lifting in this match. I thought he had really good spots. Um, There was a point where Roman puts Daniel Bryan through a table, scared the bejesus out of me. And then Edge spears him. All three of them end up back in the ring after the spot of the night was Edge having the cross face on Roman Reigns, ends up taking the, the metal pipe, put it in Roman Reigns' mouth. Roman looks like he's about to tap. They built up. Like, did he tap to Daniel Bryan? Didn't he tap to Daniel Bryan? So it looks like he's about to tap again. Daniel Bryan then grabs his hand before he's about to tap, puts on the yes lock at the same time as Edge, and him and Edge are trying to headbutt each other to get one of them out of the lock. Instead, they just give up and start fighting each other, letting Roman go. That leads to a great sprint to the finish. And we see uh, Edge give Daniel Bryan the concerto. Then Jay Uso comes in, tries to get Edge. Edge spears Jay Uso, leaving himself open to be attacked by Roman Reigns. And Roman Reigns gives Edge his own medicine by giving him a concerto, putting him on top of the knocked out Daniel Bryan and pinning them both at the same damn time. This was really fucking good. Storytelling, Holmes. This this was good for several reasons. One of the, the main reasons is they didn't do the cop out. They didn't just let Daniel Bryan get pinned. Edge got pinned as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, smart. They did such a good job working Roman's heel angle to the point of, I really don't like this motherfucker. They did it, like with Jay Uso setting the tone early. And I guess... The, the triple threat, it's really hard to pull off these triple threat matches. But this one hit because, yeah, of course, Edge was going to get the pop no matter what. It's Edge. It's WrestleMania. He gets the pyro. He didn't get it. Like, he came back in Royal Rumble, but he didn't get his WrestleMania spot. So he gets it here with the pyro and the all-white. Everybody's excited. But then you see Daniel Bryan. And what have we, what have we said? The best way to go over is beat the shit out of Daniel Bryan. <laughs> yeah. And Daniel Bryan comes into this match. Edge is seething. That spot where Edge had the pin on Roman and Daniel pulled him out, oh, the look on Edge's face was incredible. He pulled the ref out. Yeah, pulled the ref out. It was incredible. 
But what they did was to have Jay interfere as much as he did. And now it, it makes sense. Like some things I'm like, ah, I'm not sure if they should have done that. The fact that Roman tapped to Daniel before made him even more of a heel. And he almost tapped again twice. Yep. Right? And he got bailed out both times because his opponents didn't like each other. So he took advantage of that. Jay comes back, saves him, and Roman does the douchiest thing possible by putting Edge on top of Daniel Bryan in a display of power, pinning them both. This is the best visual you could possibly have. This is what they this is the WrestleMania moment Roman Reigns has been waiting for. All his all those other mo- moments, him beating Triple H, nobody cares. Him beating Undertaker, nobody cares. They hated him and he wasn't aiming to be hated. His whole job since he came back was to be a heel. And they worried at first, like, ah, will it work? The fans will probably cheer him because they like him as a heel. No, he's done such a good job now. Like, people don't like him. And it's okay to boo him. And it feels good to boo him because he's so good at it. This was great. And then on top of that, Daniel Bryan just doing Daniel Bryan shit. Like, guys just fires up when he needs to. He, he's, he was right where he needed to be all the time. This, this, it lacked the emotion, emotional connection of Bianca and Sasha. But as a wrestling match, as a triple threat match, it's worked on every medal, every level. It was the second best match of the weekend. Yeah, I thought it was good. It felt like that big fight feel. It felt like a main event. They delivered on it like it was a big time main event. The biggest question is, for me to you, is do they pull the Roman, put Edge on top of Daniel Bryan, so that means Edge really pinned Daniel Bryan. No, I don't think so. Do they pull the loophole? The ah, you pinned us both, but I was technically on top of Daniel Bryan and I got the pin. I don't think so. I think this was a display of power that that they had Roman do. I don't think they're going to pull that. I think it's going to either lead to Daniel Bryan and Edge having a one-on-one, or I, I don't want them to run this triple threat back. That's not what I want. So I got to no, figure Somebody's curious. getting a one-on-one. Yeah, I wouldn't well, mind if it's Edge and DB. That's what I'm saying. It could be Edge and Daniel Bryan, but then at least Roman Reigns is like, well, what am I doing? He's watching. So, He's the head yeah, of the table. I know, but it's always... Number one contenders match, maybe? Could be. You know what? I've said this for a few weeks. It kind of is a decent time to kind of pull back on Roman just a little bit. Yeah. And let the main program be Edge and Daniel Bryan to see who challenges Roman next. Yeah. I could do that. You that would make out, sense. Bro. You work, you could work on Apollo and his IC run. You can have, you know, Roman cut a promo here and there, but I think it's really about Daniel Bryan and Edge. And I think you could work that and people will be all in for it and just give, I'm not saying give Roman a break, but you can kind of watch Edge shit on, have Paul Heyman talk a little bit more. There's things you could do, but I, I thought this match was, was great. This was a really good way to close WrestleMania. The heel won. The heel won. The heel in both men's matches won. Yep. I think that's that's dope. It's, like you said, it's a reset to the average title feuds. And even with Roman, it's like, okay, like we can get Roman Cesaro and that's fresh. Like there's fresh matchups for both heels that won. So I I like it. I think there's there's more story to be told moving forward. To me, B plus is is pretty good. I'll give it an A minus. I, I said it's 
right outside the top five WrestleManias to me. And I got to let it sit. I got to let it, you know, because it did have some lows. But a lot of WrestleManias have lows, if we're keeping it honest. Several. So I, I think it's right outside the top five for me right now. Is it as good as 30? No. I don't think so. But what? I don't know. It's close. What else? It's not X7. Nothing's X7. Um, that's, that's, the, that's the peak. Yeah. Is it, what is that, 19 with with Rock Austin? Well, it's not, yeah, 19 at Rock Austin. Um, it was like in the middle of the card. Uh, yeah. That might have had a good tag, Dudley's type shit on it. I got to look at 19 again. It's fringe top five. And that's just immediate. It's probably like six, five or six. It was a really good card. It's the best since 30. Yeah, I and, mean, and I really like San Fran. San Fran, I really liked too. Oh, San this, Fran's really good. Watching this is all better than San Fran. Mm, ah, that's, that's a tough one. <laughs> it is, but San Fran didn't have Sasha and, and yeah, like it didn't. San Fran didn't have in ring like this had in ring. San Fran had moments. Well, San Fran had okay, real quick. Is San Fran had Daniel Bryan win the Intercontinental title in the opening match, the ladder match. The ladder yes. match was, was incredible. In ring, that's probably the best match of the night. They, but you you had Seth Rollins and Randy Orton in that incredible RKO, and yeah. that was a really good match. That was good. And I, I could find had, a match tonight probably better. But that was good. You had you had Sting in the in in, in uh, Triple H Sports Entertained. Yes, incredibly sports entertained. Wrong man won. But you incredibly sports entertained. Yep. Uh, Rusev came out on a fucking tank. Again, moments. Yes, he came out on a tank. Him and Cena match was okay. Yeah. But yeah, the moments were, were great. Uh, uh, Taker, Bray. Yeah, it happened in the daylight. Kind of fucked yeah. that one up. Fuck that one up. Uh, um, let's be honest. Roman and Brock, even before Seth came out, was a banger. That was, yeah, that was Roman's best. He took an ass whooping, kept on ticking. Yeah. But Seth coming out was a great way to finish that great moment. Um, but this triple threat in ring was better. Not that that one wasn't bad. It was, that was bad. This in ring was better. The Sasha Bianca moment was pretty damn good. I mean, that's, that's the perfect. Like, so, I mean, this one is probably a little bit above San Fran to me. I don't even remember what the women's match was in San Fran's. Women's match on San Fran was a bathroom break. It was uh, AJ and Paige versus the Bellas. Bellas. Okay, yeah, no, nah, nah, let's throw that out. Um, so that's a wash with these tag team fiascos. And then Bad Bunny was good this week. Like, yeah, this was probably a little better than San Fran. Uh, you have to think about it. You may so be right. This, I don't know. This is like five or six to me, off the top of the dome. This, you know what helps this WrestleMania? Like, I don't want them to make a thing out of two nights. I, I do. I do. At this mm. point, at this point, I don't need NXT to be two nights. I do not ever again need NXT to be two nights. But Mania, I think they found the perfect formula for it. Because if Kofi Daniel Bryan was night Saturday night main event, it feels even fucking bigger. And we're riding cloud nine. You know how drunk we would have been? We would have been drunk that night. We would have been going to brunch the next day, wilding out off of Kofi winning and getting prepared for a whole second day where we weren't gassed to see Ronda and everyone in the main event. Well, I agree. I just don't, never trust the WWE to do the right thing. 
and it'll be like night one will be two and a half hours and next year night one will be two like three hours and then the year after that like we'll eventually get back to a 10 hour wrestlemania between two i mean each of these are four hours we're or there were 330 roughly i think uh one was 320 that one was 340 yeah one was 320 because damn rain delay so oh word 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 it kind of yeah so I, I, two nights is cool. I just feel like, you know, Vince starts feeling himself and he's just like, throw 17 matches between these two nights. We're here for like a month. No, no. Yeah. I don't need all that. Like, again, they're not even going with pre-shows. Yeah. No pre, like this was fine. Like this was good. No pre-show. I like this format. Keep it with this format. You get roughly 10, 11 matches between the two nights. I like it. We'll see. We'll see if they stick with it. I, yeah, I, I, don't I like know, this but... format. And you get double dip on, on the price of admissions, the price of tickets. Vince is like, yo, we just doubled our money. What? I mean, they, they could do really well with that. That, that, I mean, that <laughs> what? Does, we just doubled our profits. Like just, I <laughs> just, keep it, just keep it three hours. Just don't, don't make me sit through two marathons. That's it. Yeah. Like these were brief, and before it wore out as welcome, it ended. And I'm like, I'm good with that. Yep. So, but we'll see. I think he mistakenly doubled his profits and was like, oh, it's on. Yeah, we're good. We're keeping this shit. So I, I like it. I like the pace of it. I think it worked really well. We'll be back later in the week talking boxing, uh, MMA. I'm sure there's going to be some hip hop and everything to touch on as well. Rest in peace, DMX. Um, while we have the mics on here, we talked about them on our last show, but that was before we knew of his official passing. Um, so rest in peace, Dark Man X. That kind of rolled over everything this weekend. But we'll be back, like I said, on Thursday, talking all that, talking some hip hop and everything else. We appreciate you guys. Make sure you guys follow us on social media at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter, at Corner Club for Life on Instagram. Follow me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hale on all platforms. Check out our other show, Wrestling with Stereotypes, on adfreeshows.com. Some great guests lined up going forward that you guys don't want to miss. It's really fun recording that show as well make sure you guys staying safe stay rona free if you're at mania please get COVID tested stay safe man like get vaccinated do something we it's we're late in the game don't don't blow an achilles in the fourth quarter baby stay safe out there make sure we we're all good because we want to be at these live events we want to host live wrestling with stereotypes panels we want to have brunch we all just want to be together as a community as a corner club so we appreciate you guys. Stay safe out there. Until next time, we're out. Peace. I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.